you are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball five days a week. And today's episode of Locked on Mizzou is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. And one thing I want to get into today is a prominent Missouri freshman who unfortunately transferred after just two games. And well, I have some pure speculation on why this young man may have transferred. And frankly, I understand. I may not like it, but I understand. But first, you know what? Let's talk about our near hero, Mr. Connor Basilak. Yes, the new Missouri starting quarterback. Eli Drinkwitz had his pregame press conference for the LSU game. And, well, this actually took place before the official news that the game was being moved to Columbia. Although, frankly, even if Drinkwitz knew this, I'm not sure that a lot of his answers overall would have changed. But certainly he had a lot of color to add on Connor Basilak. So why don't we start there, shall we? I thought he handled the situation well. He got in. We moved the ball offensively. He moved the ball on third downs. Um, he made good decisions in the pocket. Um, there are th- some things that he missed and some things that he's got to improve on. But I just felt like he handled the situation well and he gave us a chance. Um, and we're going to stick with him. To me, the decision-making is the key part of that statement. Obviously, we can all tell that Connor has a talented right arm attached to his body, but the brain, I think that's what I'm most impressed by at this point. It seems like Eli would agree at this point. And, well, fortunately, we had even more color on Connor Bazelak from our head coach. Specifically, Coach Drinkwitz was asked about if the offense had changed the play calling, the design under Basilak, because it sure seemed like Connor was taking a lot more deep shots than Sean Robinson. I mean, I think every throw we have has a component that has a, a, a deep ball on it. And, uh, you know, his, his he's made the decisions. I think as a quarterback, that's your choice is to be a smart, disciplined decision maker. And he's made those decisions. It's worked out for him. Sometimes it hasn't worked out for him on other times. And, and, uh, You know, I think he's doing a really good job reading the defenses and being accurate with the football, and he's got to continue to do that. And Eli then continues on more by discussing the LSU cornerbacks, how good they are, and and sort of blending that with more talk about Connor Basilak. We've got a tough task this week. Obviously, they got two uh, elite corners, Um, one of them who's obviously going to be a first-round draft pick and another one who's – a redshirt freshman, but incredibly long, had an unbelievable interception uh, versus Vanderbilt uh, on a nine ball. So he, he's got a whole different set of tasks and problems this week. Um, and he's got to play better. I mean, we didn't, nobody played well enough for us to, to consider it uh, a success on Saturday. So he knows he has to play better. We all have to play better. I got to coach better. Um, but we felt like he showed some, some growth and it's his opportunity. Now, a couple things there I want to react to. First of all, you can tell that Eli is trying to pump the brakes ever so slightly on the Connor Basilak hype train, as it were. 
pointing out, oh, he did some things wrong. Obviously, through that one interception, he shouldn't have thrown. But you know what? All of that strikes me as coach speak. This kid has got it. I'm just going to keep saying that until everybody believes me. I really think this kid has something special. And, well, not to brag, but I have a pretty good history of predicting quarterback success, not to go into it too deeply. But honestly, I think it's appropriate to, at least in the press, not go overboard on, on praising the young kid when he hasn't even officially made his first start yet. So strategically, I totally get it. I just don't want you as fans to suddenly be pessimistic because it seems like Eli's pumping the brakes just a tiny bit. And you know what? Quickly, it just occurred to me there. If you don't know what a nine route is, boy, a lot of people in football, I noticed, just throw out that that term really, really loosely. Well, a nine route is just simply a go route. A guy just runs in a straight line, vertical, goes for a deep ball. That's all a nine route is. I believe back in the day, it may have been the West Coast offense. I'm not sure what exact system it was, but at some point, there was a route tree that had nine different options on it, and it just so happens that the nine is the vertical route, is just the straight go down the field. Basically, you're a wind sprinter. Go go, go! start running. That's what the nine route is. Coach Drinkwitz was also asked if he felt like there was a major difference between playing at, at home and away at this point. And obviously that's in reference to the reduced crowd sizes at these venues so far. And... I just thought it was interesting that Eli actually admitted that they had some crowd noise problems at Tennessee in that first quarter last week. I just thought, wow, that's kind of amazing. With spread out 20,000 people in that venue, it just seemed like it would be cavernous enough that that sound wouldn't be affecting your calls or anything like that. So I just found that surprising. Perhaps the Tigers need to do a better job of communicating because certainly going forward, there's going to be much bigger crowds than that that Drinkwitz and his offense are going to have to deal with. And while I was surprised that Missouri struggled with crowd noise really at any point in that Tennessee game, at this point it shouldn't come as a surprise to you the amazing value you're getting from rockauto.com. Because with the ever-increasing number of makes and models of cars it is literally impossible to stock all the car parts you could potentially want at your traditional chain front store. So instead of going to these traditional chain fronts, as I called them, really I meant chain storefront properties, well, again, get that value. Get your time back by going to rockauto.com, searching for the exact part that you need for your car truck, and getting it and checking out without signing up for some new account that you may, frankly, only use once every few years or so. So go to rockauto.com, see all the parts available for your vehicle, and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Well, we spoke a little bit about the crowds in that previous segment and obviously some of you are not going to be lucky enough to go to all of these games some of these games and certainly the LSU game came out of nowhere so on short notice going to be tough for a lot of people to actually attend this game but 
much like the NBA down in its bubble situation in Orlando, Missouri offering some virtual fan seats on its new fancy South End Zone Jumbotron. So if you're interested in that, certainly Google that Google that action and check it out. I don't have the exact <laughs> I don't have the exact web address for you. Hey, do a little bit of work for yourself. Do yourself a favor cuz I'm not going to do it all for you. But continuing on with our Eli Drinkwitz press conference, Coach Drink was asked about the injury situation for Missouri, specifically cornerback Jarvis Ware and defensive tackle Darius Robinson, and here's what he had to say. I mean, we're beat up football team, um, and uh, that's what happens when you take, play two physical SEC opponents back-to-back. Uh, and we're not sure the extent of where that is. I'll have a better idea on Thursday. Um, you know, how, how people have responded to treatment and how, uh, things are going to go. Um, but, uh, that, that's the one area that, uh, you know, you got all the COVID stuff, you got all that stuff, but the physicality of this game in this league, uh, added up over 10 weeks is really going to be a, 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 a toughness check for us. And it's, it's starting right now and we'll figure it out, uh, Thursday as we go. So to the point that we talked about in the last couple weeks of, well, Nick Saban would like to see a continuation of the 10-game SEC schedule. I think that's one thing that hasn't been brought up enough is not only just the pure physicality of this league in particular, frankly, any Power 5 league playing two extra games would just be certainly taxing on these young men's bodies. But it's not just the SEC specifically, it's it's the idea that, well, playing two more really hyper-competitive games is going to cause more reps to go to those first-string guys and obviously more chance for injury the more you play and the more you, frankly, push your body to its limits. So just another thing to keep in the back of your mind as we have this number of conference games debate. And if you've been listening to this show this week, certainly – Check out my crossover edition with Matt Moscone over at Locked On SEC from yesterday if you have not already. But you've heard my definite disappointment with the defense so far. And really a lot of that is Nick Bolton aside due to the front seven. And I really think our cornerbacks have fared well. And it sounds like it sounds like Eli Drinkwitz agrees with me, especially when it comes to true freshman Ennis Rakestraw. Yeah, he he looks like he belongs. He plays uh, tough, plays competitive. Um, you know, he's made a few mistakes, uh, but he keeps coming back. He's got a short memory. He's a really competitive young man, um, and uh, he knows he's got to continue to improve, and we want to see that. But uh, he's playing well in a hard situation. He's playing a lot of snaps, and uh, we're really, really pleased with his performance and, and got to continue to, to build on those performances. Um you know, it's hard to play as a true freshman in this league, especially against the opponents we've gone against, and he's really, you know, hung in there. And I think that's the key thing to realize with Ennis Rakestraw is that he is in a really, really difficult position, frankly an impossible position for most athletes with his level of experience. So just the fact that he's been thrown into the fire against some excellent opponents here, Let's not forget how good that their number one, the Palmer kid for Tennessee, Jordan Palmer, I believe, man, he can really play. And I thought, you know, again, that pass interference moment 
even though Rakestraw drew the flag there, I actually thought if you break that play down, he held up against him nicely. And, you know, to, to mention nothing of Devonte Smith and Jalen Waddle from the previous week against Alabama, again, Ennis Rakestraw, the early, the early returns have been really nice to my eyes. So it's good to hear Eli sounds like he agrees as well. And by the way, as a guy who used to write for the Columbia, Missouri, and I was a beat reporter in college and also the weekly columnist for a semester as well. One thing I can spot out in these press conferences from a mile away is when a guy is asking a specific question when he's trying to write a feature story about somebody. Well, that certainly happened in this press conference, but I thought he gave some, Eli ended up giving some good color on the local Columbia boys who are getting action on this Missouri defense, and that would be Martez Manuel and Trey Williams. Both guys went to Rockbridge High School. They play safety and defensive line, respectively. And, well, for all, I'm sure I got a lot of Columbia listeners out there. I just thought you guys might like to hear this color on Martez Manuel and Trey Williams. I think Martez has played tough. He's played physical. He's got to continue to improve and get his reads right, get his eyes in the right place, use his hands at the line of scrimmage. Uh, Trey Williams is a guy who can pressure the quarterback. He's done a nice job pressuring the quarterback. Um, He's also got to continue to improve in the run game. I think the thing that sets both of those guys apart is that they play with great effort on the field the entire game. Um, And I'm really impressed with the way that they play. And we got to continue to have that out of them. And we got to get that to rub off on everybody. If everybody on our team would play as hard as those two guys, um, we'd be in a lot better situation consistently. And I love the effort that they play with. And uh, we just got to continue to have that. Now, just to be clear, there was another moment where Eli praised the effort of the whole team, saying that I don't question our effort right now. I question our execution at times, but I see a lot of a lot of hard play on film. I think he was just trying to specifically point out and praise the effort by Trey Williams and Martez Manuel. So I wouldn't take that as a negative against the rest of the team necessarily, more of just a challenge to meet the standards set by those two young men from Rockbridge High School. And believe it or not, it actually took about 20 minutes into this press conference before somebody finally asked Eli a question about the opponent on Saturday, LSU. And I'll have his answers and thoughts about the Tigers, those other Tigers, coming up. And also my talk about Montre Edwards transferring. But first, I do want to tell you about Built Bar. Because why not? If you're looking for a protein-heavy snack that is covered in delicious chocolate, well, you're certainly not going to do any better than Built Bar. And the good news is, the new and improved Built Bar is even more delicious than ever before. But don't worry if you loved their original 12 flavors like coconut almond, banana bread, mint brownie, which was definitely one of my favorites. Well, you can still get those, but on top of that, they got a half dozen new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. Yes, you're sure to find something you love over at Built Bar. So go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Again, that's promo code Locked On. That's one word, Locked On, for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. So yes, Coach Drink did discuss LSU. 
We'll start off with his thoughts on the defense before we move to the offense. Well, defensively, you can't really look at last year at all just because they have a new scheme, new defensive coordinator. Obviously, Bo Pelini has been an outstanding defensive coordinator, head football coach for a long football time, has a you know, hallmark defense, plays four down front, two twos, uh, great match coverage guy, uh, inserts safeties into the box, which always creates an interesting dynamic for you trying to run the football and throwing the ball. Uh, they have every throw contested. They're going to press those corners and everything you want, you know, just from an easy access to get your quarterback started is not there. Um, there really isn't, you know, there's two games of tape. Mississippi State is usually a completely different defense than what you do against anybody else. Um, I thought they did a, an excellent job versus Vanderbilt. Um, they've got some really big defensive linemen. Um, obviously, Dominic Sue, I think, played for Coach Pelini at, at – uh, and Nebraska, and he's got some big guys that like that that can two-gap. He's got great defensive edge rushers. He's got a transfer linebacker from North Dakota State that's an outstanding football player. He's got, you know, I've already spoke about their corners. So they've got plenty of talent on the defensive side of the ball um, that's going to make it very difficult uh, for us. Wait a minute, Bo Pelini is prominently involved? I already forgot about that. Well, now I'm starting to feel better about the game. Aren't you Mizzou fans? yes. It was Bo Pelini who stubbornly stuck in man coverage for virtually the entire game against Mike Leach and Mississippi State. So hopefully he'll just run the same defense against Missouri all Saturday as well. But we continue here as Missouri coach Eli Drinkwitz talks about the LSU offense. Offensively, um, yes, they have, I think, two returning starters. Their quarterback, Miles Brennan, you know, I believe he was a five-star quarterback, you know, just one of those guys. And you can tell he got more and more comfortable uh, last week versus Vanderbilt, um, you know, threw the ball, four touchdowns, spreads the ball around the field. Offensively, they're doing the same things, um, but you can't really – so you can get some schematics from it, uh, but the players are totally different. Um, but, again, they're scoring points at, at a high clip. Um, they use tempo to their advantage. They take shots down the field. Um, so, again, we got an outstanding opponent. Certainly an outstanding opponent, you have to believe. But to Eli's point, definitely a completely different squad from LSU. And while you have to assume just based on their history, their recruiting rankings, that they're that the three-touchdown favorite is probably appropriate against Missouri, but certainly not a guarantee by any means either. We're not sure how good – this team is right now. We're really not. If anything, I'm leaning toward Missouri covering that 21-point spread, but you know what? You'll get your official pick from me tomorrow on Friday. Finally, I was certainly disappointed to hear that Missouri defensive lineman, well, I guess former Missouri defensive lineman, Montre Edwards has chosen to transfer from the school after just two games. And I guess that's the disappointing part, right? The two games didn't feel like there was much of a chance for him to get in the program, get acquainted, and all that good stuff. And you know what? Edwards, a kid from Mississippi, initially committed to Missouri, then backed off of that commitment before obviously reaffirming his commitment to the Tigers under new coach Eli Drinkwitz, but you know, you wonder if you wonder anytime how homesick these kids get, but especially when they're from out of state, but 
again, especially in this weird, weird COVID era that we're in, it can't be, maybe college campuses might be as weird of a place as there is outside of maybe the NBA bubble right now, because all I know is when I was, when I was in college, all the friends I made were in the dorms for the most part, the people who just happened to live on my floor. Well, it seems like all of that stuff is being discouraged now, all the mingling, all the messing around, hey, just check out what other people, if if the guy across the hall has his room open, go knock on his door, play Madden and all that stuff. That's how you bond with other dudes, especially. I'll, I'll just say from a dude perspective because, yes, I'm a dude. I just feel bad for all these kids who are basically traveling away from home, living away from home for the first times in their lives, and basically all of the usual social trappings of college have been taken away from them. So it shouldn't be a huge surprise if a lot of kids are are having trouble adjusting to this, not only a new reality, college is always a new reality for kids, but throw all this COVID stuff on top of it, and that's just a tough adjustment to make. So... Basically, what I'm trying to say is, from a football perspective, I'm, I'm really disappointed that Montre Edwards is transferring. I, I had some high hopes for him. He had offers from Ole Miss, Auburn, among other places. But obviously, Missouri could use some help on the defensive line at this point. But most of all, I just I just want Montre Edwards. You know, again, I'm making some assumptions here. I just want everybody to be okay. I just want everybody to have a good life, be happy, be productive, be good citizens, and all that good stuff. If it doesn't happen at Missouri, well, that's okay. I wish it would, but if it doesn't, if it maybe happens at Ole Miss at some point, hey, that's okay, too. I'll be still rooting for you, pal. But anyway, with all that being said, I'll see you guys tomorrow on Locked on Mizzou. Hopefully, we'll get good old Blake Stark back on here, discuss the discuss the line which way we're going with it and also of course project run play so until then i am john miller and this has been locked on mizzou